Hi everyone, it's Nako and we are back with The Passport, Season 1, Episode 2. Um, I guess we're going to call this Yara. I had someone ask me the other day, um, like, are you only going to talk about your books? And I was like, no, I'm going to talk about everything. I'm really excited about doing this podcast, but I do think to keep things... Um, to keep things on one level, I think that I am going to entitle the episodes after characters. And in the midst of me discussing whatever book I just finished, I'm also going to throw in personal things um, and whatever, the endless, stuff like that. But again, that's this is what I'm thinking about. I'm not really sure if that's how it's going to go. I do know that that's how it is going to go today. So if you are following me on social media, you do know that I just wrapped up another book. The book is entitled, Is She the Reason? And I had never heard the song before by Destiny's Child, which is crazy. And I also had prided myself on the fact that I really wasn't going to do the whole song title thing other than resentment. And Stranger in My Eyes, which people probably don't even notice, the Chris Brown song that's called K, he sings over and over again, You're Like a Stranger in My Eyes. And every time I heard the song, I was just like, damn, that's how I feel about my ex, which is how I based the love triangle between no between um Nazir, Lowe and Jordan that that I was Lauren. I was Lauren for a very long time. Um and I've also been Jordan. So I was able to tell the story two different ways. And then again in my relationship now I started off as Jordan, went to Lauren and now I'm I don't even want to say I'm Jordan. I'm Nicoria. But I've been each woman. Every woman that I write about I feel that I can closely relate and connect to. Um so anyway so one night, it was like four in the morning on Facebook, and um, one of my readers posted, what's your favorite Destiny's Child song? Hands down, no lie. Everyone was coming, and is she the reason? I was like, I've never heard this song before. So I go listen to the song, and I'm like, oh my God, this song is lit. And instantly, I had the title for Yara's book, because I was going to entitle the book Yara, but um, if you notice, my last book was Giselle, and self-titled books they do okay surprisingly Giselle did amazing I do wish I had like way more reviews but whatever so I was going with Yara which is why if you've seen any of the promo thus far for the book everything just has her name in big bold letters so I named the book Is She the Reason I freaking love the song I've been listening to it non-stop and truly um if you've ever been cheated on or if you've ever been in a relationship where things start off perfect and then out of nowhere they just literally go left. You're left sometimes asking yourself, hey, is, is she the reason? You know, is she the reason why we're this way? So that's that. The book drops uh, next week. I'm doing a podcast now because I was in a mood to do it. And I'm a moody person, I'm a very emotional person. I'm a Libra. So when my scale is tipping, I have to, I have to write, I have to live, cook. Whatever I need to do, I have to do it when I want to do it. I can't force myself to do anything that I don't want to do. So today I'm doing a podcast. The book drops next week. I'm super, super duper excited. It's very lengthy. It's almost 500 pages, 135,000 words. That paperback is going to cost me so much money to print. So they'll, they'll definitely be on demand. Meaning if someone is blowing me up like, hey, I really want this book and paperback, that'll probably be the only reason I print them other than um, the people that are already subscribed to receive my paperbacks through a subscription box service that I'll actually be opening back up. I think I said I was going to do it May 1st, so just stay tuned for that. Um, let's get into the book. So 
Yara Moreland is a girl who was raised Christian, very strict Christian background. Her mother didn't want her. Dad was unknown. Um, raised by her grandparents, but the aunt lived there as well. And a few other people. And if you've ever been in a house where you really didn't matter, you just, you just never felt like you was really important. And that was Yara. She ran away at 14 and never looked back. Um, ran basically into the arms of Kadeem Moreland, who was the bad boy from the block and been with him. And she ended up being with him literally until the day that she went to jail. They didn't really have much time apart pretty much because hell 14, they had three kids married at 21 and they worked together. So they did business together. They made love. They were best friends. She really didn't experience solitude until she went to jail, not even knowing that when she got out of jail, she wouldn't be coming home to her husband or her children. So that was that. Um, very difficult to write. Um, very, very difficult to write. I think Yara was my most complex character simply because she came from a life that I didn't live. Um, and I was trying to force myself to finish the book, but I couldn't. And so I ended up going days without writing. I would probably write like three days nonstop, no sleep, not even eating. And then I'll take a week off. So I realized that when I didn't write with a deadline or when I wasn't pressing myself to finish a book by X amount of time, the book was able to flow freely. And I'm starting to see that it's really when my best work is produced. Um, I freaking love the book. I don't really read my books that much once I finish them, but I literally have read this book so many times and I can't wait to read it again once it drops with everybody else to discuss it. Um, Yara means small butterfly and it goes perfect with the story because she truly growed from a caterpillar to a beautiful butterfly. And as the story transitions, as the chapters go by, you'll truly understand, um, what I'm trying to say. And what's crazy is I didn't know that her name meant that until right before I was planning to start the promo for the book. I just randomly looked her name up to see if it had anything meaning behind it. And I was really happy because one my best friend died when we were in the 10th grade, and um, as a form of therapy, I, for some reason, started painting butterflies, and I come to find out her family did, too. So, her, um, they fell in love with butterflies, not knowing that every time I saw a butterfly, for me, as well, it was my hey angels with, her name was Angel, it was my hey angels with me, that, that was how I was able to, I guess to, on sad days, shit, I feel like I'm about to cry, I guess on sad days, I was able to... I was able to keep going when I saw a butterfly. And um, in this book, when Yara, literally, this book became shit. I wasn't trying to be all emotional. Well, I had a very bad day. Well, I didn't have a bad day, but it kind of got bad towards the end of the day. So with this book, I, I literally invested so much into the book. Um, me personally, oh my God, I'm stuttering. Me personally, um, writing is such a form of therapy for me. And where I am right now in my life, um, if you've read my last passport stamp that I entitled Price Tags, I feel super duper alone. And I literally every day I'm mumbling to myself, I'm depressed, I'm depressed. And my friend tells me all the time, like, stop saying that, stop saying that. It's people out here really legit cannot get out of bed. So I'm attempting, starting today, right now, 742, I'm attempting to be more mindful with what I put out in the universe and the atmosphere was what I say out of my mouth. 
um, because I'm not depressed and I'm not lonely. And But I say that to say that it's okay for me to feel how I feel. And I do feel, I feel so alone right now. I, I'm just literally, I don't even know how to even put it into words. But somehow, some way, God blessed me with the gift of writing and I'm able to pour my feelings into my book. And Yara, for me, I was just able to get it all out. And one reason why I feel like I say her name so freaking much is because I fell in love with her name. And a few months back, I was reading to Kira Allen, who's one of my favorite authors, her last book. Um, what is the name of that freaking book? Seasons of Fidelity. And one of my favorite characters in the book name was Yael. Yael. But I had already started on Yara. Um, well, I already had the introduction. And I was like, I'm not changing her name. But then I went back and I was like, I hate when I see, like, I get mad instantly when I see anybody use the name Farron in their book because I feel like that's my name. Like, I don't want nobody to use that name. I don't care about probably any of the other names that I have for Farron Knight. I love it. That's my first book. That's my first character, my first baby. So... I know how it feels to see your character name in a book. And I know some authors who may listen to this is probably like, girl, it's a million books. It's a million names. But when you really spiritually invest into your characters and when you take your craft as serious as I do, you don't really want to see your character name in another book. So I was very torn in between sticking with using Yara because it was so closely related to Yael. But I'm glad that I did follow my first mind. And I pray that it's not an issue. Um, or whatever. So that was that. I didn't mean to go all freaking deep. Um, I love the book. I love, I love, love, love this book. I pray that you all enjoy it. I'm so excited to release it. Um, upon writing the book, I, when I got to the end, I was kind of like, damn, do I have more in me to do? But I mean, a freaking 500 page book it's kind of like Nicole what else are you going to say and so when I got to the end I ended up rewriting it twice because I was going to go more in depth I was going to be like you know the Quentin and Yara get married or I was going to go more further into Kadeem's time in prison I was going to go deeper into Kamala leaving him and having to cancel her wedding but in the midst of her trusting God while knowing that Kadeem really wasn't for her where she was in her life at that time and let me go back. Let, let me let me touch on that because we as people, women, females, we have to trust that everybody won't be everything that they that we need them to be. We have to trust that people come into our lives to serve seasons. Okay. I had to learn that. You know, I'm not really clingy clingy, but when I really like you, whether you are someone I'm interested in, um, men dating wise or whether you're my friend I get really clingy so I'm learning now still to this day I'm just 24 I'm going through this actually right now we have to serve seasons in people's lives and sometimes people come into our lives to show us a lesson and sometimes they come we go into their lives to show them a lesson we have to trust that things happen for a reason and I truly believe that Kamala was with Kadeem for the time she needed to be with him um, do I believe in karma? Yes. Did Kadeem get his karma? Hell fucking yes. Do I understand why he killed those guys that molested his daughter? Yes. I mean, he already felt like he was a deadbeat in their eyes. He felt like they didn't look to him as dad. So I felt like that was his way of 
saying like, hey, I love my girls. Like, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to protect them. Was he thinking it through? I don't really think so. But he did it, and I don't blame him. Um, Yara's happy, and I, for me, for the most part, that's all I really cared about. Because Kadeem wasn't a big concern of mine. Um, so, again, once I got to the end of the book, I realized that it was over. And I kind of had emotional attachment issues. I kept emailing and texting my editor like, hey, check your email. I just added this. Or, hey, check your email. I just added that. I didn't add all the flashbacks you see weren't added until a few days after I finished the book because I didn't want the flashbacks to take over the book. I did flashbacks a lot in my Underworld series and the reviews were kind of like, oh my God, we didn't need that. So I made sure the book was complete. So whether you read the flashback or not, the book was able to still stand alone without the flashback. None of my test readers have read any of the flashback scenes. And if I'm not mistaken, it's eight of them. So yeah, um, I'm kind of low-key interested in doing a spinoff on the daughters. Yanis, Mimi, and Ayana. I think Mimi is my fave. I definitely want to do a story her falling in love with the basketball player, balancing her career. On top of me being low-key, heavenly inspired by Tiana and Iman right now. So that's a consideration. I'm very surprised with the relationship that I developed between Yara and her daughters. Because if you read any of my books... For the most part, I'm not really a kid person. I didn't give Demi, Demi's from Point of No Return, I didn't give her kids names till the last book, which is The Sinister. I'm not interested. I wasn't interested in that. But in dating someone with children, um, my boyfriend has three kids. Three kids, three baby mamas, and he is another child that he takes care of. I know y'all probably reading this like, girl. But... When I met him, he didn't have any children. So I met him, he didn't have any kids. I went to college. I came home. Um, we rekindled. And, I mean, what can I do? The kids are here and they're innocent. And they're great children. I freaking, I've literally become obsessed with his kids. And with dating someone with children and you see how hard they work and the sacrifices that they make along with the sacrifices that I feel like I'm making because, I mean, it's a lot of shit I want that I have to understand that, hey, you know, we can't just hop up and go out of town because he has to get his children or we can't do this because the kids need that. And I'm okay with that. I accept it. If I did and I wouldn't be with him right now, but seeing him love his kids the way he do has, it's literally giving me a change of heart. Like I, I just be so happy when I, when I'm, I don't see them as much as I would like, of course, you know, they're not my children. Um, but I'm praying about that. We will be getting them um, for the first time for a week for spring break. So I'm very excited. I will not be working next week. So if you follow me on Instagram, I plan on getting off social media actually. But I may post a few pictures and stuff. I want to go to the aquarium and zoo. I have tons of plans. So with dating someone with children, it has really softened my heart um, when it comes to reproducing and I do now never in my life ever thought that I would say this but I do I do want to be a mom when the time is right I am not ready right now um I do think about two to three more years I'll be ready and plus I kind of want to be with him a little longer I want to enjoy us I'm a little selfish with him right now but eventually I do plan on having kids and so with me getting this newfound um buzzy feeling in my stomach when it comes to children I do think that going forward a lot of my books will contain more kids. I started dating him. Well, we got back together last year. So I wrote 
Salvation. I think I dedicated that book to him. And that book, uh, Tika was dated Moses and Moses Parks, which is my baby's last name. So from Salvation to now, you've kind of seen me soften up when it comes to the kids. I ain't killed no kids in a long time. I was going to kill one of uh, Kasim's sons. He was going to die of leukemia. And my friend was like, girl, please do not kill him. Like, come on, don't do it. So I'm not killing no more kids. No more kids is dying in my books. Nicoria loves the children. And I'm just, I think I'm in a good place right now. It feels good. So it's very important to me that the relationship that a person has with their children, you know, it's healthy. And Yara was gone for 10 years. She came home. Her daughter was 18, 22, and 14. They didn't know her. I, it was very important to me that when Yara was going to therapy, we got deep into why she's the mother she is. And I truly believe that it starts at home. And generational curses are real. Um, I've seen it happen. And me and my sister, I've seen me and my sister both adopt a lot of my mother's ways. Um, the good ways, the bad ways, the trifling ways. And my mom has her mother's ways. And my grandma has her grandmother's ways. So now that I'm getting older and I'm realizing that I do want children, in my prayer, I'm already in advance rebuking generational curses and the thing that things that I felt like um, the traits that I've carried or that I possess from my parents and my family. So Yara was dead set on making the relationship that she had with her children be 100 times better than the one that she has with she had with her mother. And if you see in the story, I don't want to be like she waited too late because the mom died while she was in jail, but she started like wanting something with her mother. And if you read the book already, you saw that it was just a little too late when she finally wanted to reach out to her mom. The stepdad was like, Yara, your mother passed. So I didn't really, in that aspect, I didn't need perfection. I didn't want it to be a cookie cutter story. I wanted you to know that, Hey, you got to stop holding grudges or Hey, you can't wait till this person reaches out. If you know that y'all both need to talk or if y'all both need to reestablish that connection, someone has to be the bigger person. And that's what I really was trying to show um, as a lesson to the readers. You know, life is short and niggas is out here dying every day. So don't wait. Don't hold a grudge. Be honest. Be transparent. Be vulnerable. Keep it 100 and mend those broken things that you need to fix. Um, issue the reason is a full and standalone, meaning that there is not a part two or three. It is a complete story. Yara was a broken woman who had placed all of her eggs into one basket, which is what we do when we're madly in love and when we're under the impression that the love is mutual. And I truly believe that Kadeem did love Yara. I don't know to this day, and hell, I wrote the book. I really don't know what happened between them. We do know that he was a cheater. We do know that he was a liar. We do know that he had abused her um, a few times. I mean, and one time is, is enough, but I do know that I do know that he wasn't perfect. And I believe that honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I don't know what happened with them, but what do we do when our lives are turned upside down on, off the strength of the person that we love? I have hit rock bottom before and, in my last relationship, um, was dating someone, drug dealer, whatever. I was 18. We were nine years apart. And when I met him, I didn't have a car. I didn't have a job. My parents were taking care of me. I was in school. And he did everything for me. Like, I'm talking about everything. Like, I was good. 
And we were together for four years. I broke up with him when I was 22. And I broke up with him because he was living a double life. He was dating someone else. She had children. They had attempted to have two kids. Both of the kids, if I'm not mistaken, were born, stillborn. So um, I used to joke about that, but I have come to peace with the situation. I used to say, oh, God, I don't like ugly. Oh, you can make a baby, but I don't think that's funny anymore. Um, and please know I've come a very long way. But I, my life was turned upside down in dealing with him because I, I didn't know I was completely oblivious to the whole situation. My friend knew for a very long time and was scared to tell me. And um, she called me one day and was crying. It was like, I don't call my mama about this. I don't pray about this. And she was like, whether you never talk to me again because, you know, you don't want to hear this. She was like, I have to tell you that I follow this girl on Snapchat and she talks to your boyfriend. And when I first met him, me and this girl was roommates and I was roommates with her for three years. She's actually still my best friend to this day. One of my best friends. Well, yeah, my best friend. So she knew him like when I met, cause I met my ex on Instagram. So me meeting him the first time, everything, me first date, she knew like helping me get dressed. She knew I loved him. She known him well. Um, he basically was like with us every day. So she was hurting and she was like, you know, you're so happy. Y'all are doing so good. She's like, I'm, I was scared to tell you this. And I was like, well, what's Snapchat? I wasn't on Snapchat. She gave me her login. I will never forget this day. I went to my brother's room because I was home visiting. Home doing some business. I had just got my first publicist. I, my writing career was doing well. I think I had just started. I had finally said I was done with the Connects Wife. I think Connects Wife 7 had just dropped. And I was working on the Connect Part 1 when all this happened. And, um... Sorry, I think I, th I thought I heard my phone ringing. And, um, yeah, so when in my brother's room, I'm like, hey, my friend just gave me her login. Can you help me get on Snapchat? And she's like, hurry up because the stories are, are about to expire. So show me the video. My boyfriend's at the edge of the bed playing with the girl. Kids, no shirt on, nothing. I put this on my mama. I called that boy phone three days straight. No answer. I think he knew that I knew. Next thing I know, the girl, my friend called me back. Like, the girl don't block me. Like, what happened? I'm like, what? Long story made short, um, I ended up literally losing my mind. I broke my phone. I deleted my social media. Lost, like, freaking 30 pounds. I really went into a very dark, deep hole. Only, I was an idiot, only to come out the hole and get back with him. So, we get back together. He tell me him and the girl is done. Um, go back to Mississippi where I was living for school. We redo the house we were staying in. I'm talking about, I spent, I, Nicoria, not him. I spent like $6,000 paint, redid the backyard, new doors, new fit. I'm talking about this house was laid on my mama. We wasn't even there. The furniture had not even been delivered yet. Cause I had went and got all new stuff. I was making a lot of money at this time. And we wasn't even there three days and something happened to my car. I was like, I'm not living here. The girl supposedly was riding back and forth in front of the house. And he was like, we need to move. We need to move. The same girl, my friend, that told me about this, 
never judged me. She supported me. Like, okay, you back with him. Okay, girl. I called her like, I got to move. The girl riding past my house. He said, the girl know where we stay. I'm scared. I'm in private school. I don't know about no hood shit. My friend leaves work and me and her spent the whole day trying to find me somewhere to move. I wanted moving and ready. I needed to move today. So I called this other dude I was cool with or whatever. He like, go look at these lofts. I'm like, lofts? Knowing I, could, I was making money, but I, it had never really hit me how much I was really making because I wasn't really doing nothing. I was writing so much that I wasn't even spending the money I was making. So we go look at the place. It's beautiful, like damn near, I think like 25, 3,000 square feet. Beautiful walls. Like this place is lit. Like you don't even need a key to get in. You put the door code in. I was like, this is one of them nigga we made it condos. So... The lady like, you can get the keys today, 3000 whatever. I'm like, okay, so I call my ex. I mean, my, my boyfriend at the time, which is my ex now. He like, let's do it. Me and my friend did not sleep. I moved that same day, packed up my clothes, everything moved. We moved into this new place. I started on Please Catch My Soul, finished it, boom. Started on Point of No Return, finished it, boom. Um, I went to church. I went to church. I had really got deep into church around this time, only because I, I was lost. And you know how somebody, a dude will tell you, like, you know, I ain't going to ever do that again. But you knew in the back of your head, like, something still was off. And so, um, going to church, praying, my birthday comes up, my 22nd birthday. And me and I went to St. Thomas for a week. So, we in St. Thomas. I'm feeling empty as hell. I'm like, we on this private island. We was on an island in St. Thomas. Lost. I come back home from the trip. And my church was doing a fast, 5 o'clock in the morning, prayer on Monday fast. And my pastor was like, you know, y'all press y'all way on Mondays. God is going to show up for y'all. So I'm waking up 4.30, going to prayer. And um, that particular day, my pastor stood by me. And we would do a circle in the altar. He held my hand. And we praying. You know, everybody go around the circle praying. My pastor was like, your spirit is heavy. He like, woo. Like, my hand was hot. He didn't even want to touch my hand. He like, you need to go out, go go, go lay down in the back. You know, you you know, you consecrate in the spirit, you lay out. He's like, you need to go pray. He's like, whatever you asking God for, he going to show you today. And I pray. I'm talking about, I ain't never cried so hard in my life. I was just like, God, give me a sign and a wonder. Please, God, please. Like, please, God, go home, go to sleep. I wake up. I still don't know how, what made me leave, but I left. I just got on the road. Like, my ex woke up. I was gone. I didn't even, I, I probably, I got home at 6 in the morning after prayer. I laid down 8. I think I got to Atlanta at, like, 2 or 3 in the afternoon. My ex was in the street, so he would sleep hard all day. So, he woke up at, like, I guess 4 or whatever. Like, where you at? I'm like, I'm home. I just need a break. I just need a break. I'm home. I get a DM the next day from the girl. She's like, hey, um, I know you're going to act like you don't know me, but we need to talk about my boyfriend, your boyfriend, our boyfriend. And long story made short, I never looked back. So I said that to say we break as women and we put all our eggs into the basket and we ignore signs and we ignore clues and we act literally fucking stupid in the name of love. And I was Lauren. I went from being Jordan to Lauren 
and Lauren again. And that was the craziest lesson of my life. I was with that dude for so I grew up with him. Like I literally grew up with him and I have never in my life felt so low after that time. Like my mama was literally praying that I will come out the room on some days. I was so broken and embarrassed and hurt and betrayed. And in that time, I wrote The Love of the Brooklyn Thug. I wrote that book in three days. All I could do was write. And although I'm not in that same situation right now as far as relationship-wise, for some reason, I was able to seriously connect with Yara in a way that this book has given me so much peace. Um, That's probably why I haven't been able to write nothing since then. She persevered, and that's what makes me so proud of her and I'm proud of this story because, I mean, it's action. It's not really drama-filled, but I, I show you love, and I show you rock bottom, and I show you how you come back on top. Like, after all that stuff happened between me and my ex, I had to go back because, mind you, we had just moved into this condo. We moved into that condo in August, and he I found out all this stuff in October, November. But I didn't. I was so in denial that I didn't go back to... Atlanta to get my stuff I mean to Mississippi to move out till like March so he was just in there in the condo we ain't talking I got a whole new number so my mom was like Aquaria like you need to go get your stuff so I'm like hey I unblocked him like hey I'm coming out to get my stuff like what do you want to keep you know how we gonna do this because it was our place he like just um what do you say you can take everything I don't care I'm like well a washer and dryer like me you still paying on it what you want to do he like you can have it me, my mom, and my brother go to Mississippi, and the condo was empty. And I literally spent, like, everything I had to break the lease, to move. My movers was freaking, like, I think, like, $8,000-something, because it was they charged me by the hour, the U-Haul, there and back. So that's 12 hours, 6 hours from Atlanta to Mississippi, and then back, plus the hours it took them to pack all my stuff up. Um... So I was really depressed around that time. Oh my God, I was so depressed. But God literally will will strip us of everything that we thought we needed or everything that we thought made us happy. He will build us back up. And I have I am such a changed person since that time in my life. Um and my birthday, my 23rd birthday. I literally did so much, like dinner, lingerie party. I had four sections in a club. I went I went to London. Like, I did so much. I shot glasses, hangover kicks. All my readers came into town, my readers that I was close to. All my family from Houston, New Jersey, Savannah, everywhere. Because that was my time. I felt like it was like a freaking divorce party, like a, a coming out time to... I started over. Like, I legit started over literally re rebuilt my life my peace my confidence my happiness my joy and now when I feel how I feel as far as feeling alone and not alone in my relationship it's really like a friend wise thing like not really feeling like I have anyone and I my friend when she read my blog she called me and was like my feelings is hurt she's like I took that personal she like me and you talk. She like, what's good? Nako? like, am I not your friend? And I was like, you are. I was like, but you're not here. I'm like, I feel fucking alone. Like, so alone. Like, today. 
I really wasn't uh, inwardly dealing with something as far as me, but I was dealing with something that my friend is going through, but I felt like I was dealing with it too. And I ain't really have nobody to talk to. I came home, I poured a glass of wine. I didn't drink it, poured it out. And here I am writing this podcast. So um, I found myself finding therapy in other things and in my writings. And Yara's book for me was love. It was strength. It was the truth. It was integrity. It was resilience. It was starting over. It was finding yourself in a hard, very dark, lost place. And I touched on so many real issues that you're literally going to be forced to have a serious conversation with yourself once you're done. And at the same time, it's going to be an enjoyable read that I hope you love. So this was very long. I promised myself that these will only be 10 minutes and I'm literally at 32 minutes. I have some other things to touch on. I'm going to try to do it quickly. So Lo and Miko are in the book. Miko, I really tried to redeem her, but she's just a freaking idiot. Um, Miko is a lost cause. Giselle is in the book. Giselle and Yara are sisters-in-laws. My favorite character in Yara was Charlie. Um, Although KK ended up leaving her freaking lonely. I loved her character. I appreciate that she stepped up to the plate. When Kadeem and Yara were in prison and when Kadeem came home, he still didn't come home and take the responsibility of being a dad. And I appreciate the fact that Charlie, you know, she handled her business for her children. Um, I also touched on religion and therapy. And I don't know if y'all love Quentin, but I freaking love Quentin. He was bomb. He was everything that she needed. He was a breath of fresh air. And although my boyfriend now, I've dated him before. Now we're older and more mature and we both have been through things that literally, what's today, Wednesday? Today, Wednesday? Today's Wednesday. Monday, the last few days uh, we've been watching Ayala and I'm a fan of Ayala. He don't know who she is still. But every commercial we're talking and we're being more honest. Not more honest. We're opening up more about our backgrounds and our parents and things that we've been through. Um, and our values and what we believe in and things that we want to instill into his kids and the kids that we'll have. And so it was very important to me that I showed Quentin not having children, but openly loving and accepting Yara's kids because a lot of people will be looking at me when I be like, I'm a boyfriend, got a lot of kids, but he gets so mad when I say he has a lot of kids, but I'm like, babe, you're 28. You do got a lot of fucking kids, but people look at me crazy a lot. And I kind of stopped saying to people that he had children, but it's not something that I want to hide because they're there and they're kids and I love them. And I do want to write a blog on dating someone with kids. I just pray that with me writing it, it doesn't offend um, anyone close to him or anything, but I wanted to show that you can successfully date someone with kids. And I'm not saying me, him a peaches and cream as far as the children thing is um, concerned, but we, it's April, so um, we officially got back together last January, so we were a year, four months in. We've come a long way with his children and their moms, so that makes me really happy. I'm not saying I'm the poster kid for blended families because we're not married, um, but you just have to be consistent, and you have to pray, and literally every time I pray, I pray for their moms, and I pray for the kids, and I pray for him, and I pray for the bond that I desperately want with everybody or with them or whatever. And I showed that with Quentin. So I hope that you enjoy the book. 
I hope that you leave me a review. My goal, I seriously, guys, if you're still listening, if you're not like, girl, this shit was too long. I really want all my books that should have a thousand reviews or at least 500. Like, please help me get my books to a lot of reviews. It'll make me so happy. Um, What's next for me? I really want to write a series. I have three. One series is four parts in my head. Another series is two parts in my head. And then another series I have is six books in my head. I've started on each of these. And I also have started on a novella. And I have started on a my next self-help book. So the self-help book may be dropping next, then a series or the novella because I really want to write a cute short story. I'm really excited about what I have coming next. I don't know what's coming next. I'm taking a week off. Like I said, we'll have my boyfriend's kids for spring break. So I'll start back writing in about two weeks. And I pray that you all enjoyed this Passport podcast. It's my goal to mix in life's gems with the character. Um, I just finished Seven Seconds. I just finished True to the Game. I'm watching Roxanne, Roxanne tonight. I'm loving Tiana and Iman so far. I'm caught up on my Breakfast Club interviews. I'm caught up on all my blogs. So check on all of these, all of those things. You can follow me at Nako Expo on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Pen Prissy on Snapchat. I'm not on there often, but I do have a trip coming up, so I will be on Snapchat while I'm out of town. And you can also follow a traveling peach on Instagram, which is my food and travel blog. And I think that's everything. And I pray that God blesses you. And I appreciate the support. And in this book, this is my little engine that I don't wrote for every podcast. (laughs) In this book, which is Is She the Reason? I want to challenge you to read beyond the pages of your Kindle. This is more than another story. It is my goal that in 2018, I'm able to connect with you, the woman, the mother, the daughter, the friend, the dreamer, the doer, the person, and most importantly, the reader. By now, you have already read Is She the Reason? I pray that you have left me a review to let me know that you've enjoyed it. And until the next book, Until the next book, I'll be back with another podcast soon. And God bless with so much love from me, Nako.